And I mean, is dropping twenty five hundred on a TV any less crazy than me dropping eleven hundred dollars on a chair this weekend? Um, I think the chair is a better bargain. You should spend money yes. on a chair. I, like I, I firmly believe that like something like that is is worth spending the money on. It's I hope you're I getting spend- a Herman Miller Aeron chair. I did. Yeah. I got a Herman Miller Aeron. It was a nineteen hundred dollar chair, and I walked out with it, uh, taxes and everything for. 1140. Nice. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. I hope you've been having a okay week that seems difficult this week. Um, We're here to try and distract you for a little bit and talk about Android and TVs and watches and all of that other fun technical stuff because I don't know about you, but I need to think about something else right now. Uh, my name is Ara Wagner. I will be co-hosting this week alongside Will Sattenberg. I did pronounce that nope, right. Nope, this nope, time. Still nope, got nope, it nope. wrong. Saddleberg. No! Saddleberg. Yeah. Okay. You're supposed to be riding the horse. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that's how you remember. Why do I keep thinking that those L's are T's? Okay. Well, I T's. have Will Saddleberg and then I have Jules Wang. How are y'all this week, gentlemen? I'm good. I, I went to the gym early this morning. That was nice. I don't know. Yeah. It's the small things. I'm doing the best as you can be uh, with the stuff that's been happening this week. But yeah, I think it's heavy. It's, uh, it's heavy, but we shall uh, proceed because uh, otherwise, I mean, you can get it from elsewhere. Uh, we want to talk about the important things such as um, a- Android Wear OS. I, I did the both thing there. <laughs> that was wow okay um but yeah let, let's jump into something less important but still kind of happiness i mean it brought me happiness whenever it came on monday but uh you were like shouting is, in slack as much as yes, you can shout through typing yes i was assistant has finally arrived on wear os and it actually arrived the day of although we had to wait a couple of hours for the app to actually show up in google play but you can use your watch with Google Assistant now, which means that I can just press and hold the button and Dick Tracy say, turn off all the lights. And hopefully it will get it. Although I will say with that actual command, it hasn't actually been working. If I say turn off the like living room lights, it works. If I say turn off all the lights, it'll say it doesn't know what all of those uh, didn't uh, don't know which all the lights you mean. So we're still obviously missing a little bit of disconnect here on some of it, but 90% of the phrases that I have tried have worked, and I am very, very grateful for that. Okay, which is a little uh, disconcerting, given that we had a fairly functioning product beforehand, before you know they got rid of it. Uh, when was that? And, uh, they didn't get rid of it. I mean, Assistant was never on the Watch 4. It was a matter of Assistant was on Wear OS 2 devices, and yeah. Assistant on Wear OS 2 devices was just totally and completely... It was like pulling teeth because all of these Wear OS 2 devices were running on Wear 2100. A couple were mm-hmm. running on 3100, but Assistant was just long and slow yep. and thus failed about 30 to 40% of the time. And now with Assistant on the Watch 4 with the Exynos chip that it has inside of it that's newer, it doesn't take forever. It's still not like, it's not as fast as a Pixel 6. I'm mm. just kind of going to tell y'all, I don't think we're going to get anything as fast as the Pixel 6 when it comes to voice commands, oh, no. except for me. I don't even think the Pixel Watch is going to get there unless they threw in a 
couple of very, very dedicated coprocessors on top of the old Exynos chip that they're going to have in there. Yeah, it'll depend on... There was that rumor on Friday that old Exynos chip is running with a coprocessor, and it'll really depend on what that coprocessor is is there to do. Yeah. And I'm really interested to see whether or not one of those is audio and one of those is fitness, or if they're both fitness. Mm -hmm. Because I'm really hoping that there's more than one and they have more than one feature. If you're going to be smart, you have to be smart in all the places. And for as fat a stack as that case was we all saw how thick it was it should be providing all of the above i think yeah but on the watch four assistant has been good i mentioned earlier about the lights not being a hundred percent i think part of that is because google has obviously designed a google home app for wear os they're just holding it until the pixel watch comes in november so those commands might not be able to function since the companion app that they might need isn't on the watch since Google Assistant runs independently on the watch compared to on your phone. Well, you would presume that they have all these groupings, all these like potential things in a directory, and that doesn't I mean, take much more than- you would assume. That doesn't take much more than a few kilobytes, even with the limited storage that they do have. Uh, yeah, it's- um, I mean, it can control the lights. Uh, I haven't tried it with thermostat yet. I need to, though. I should. I've tried it for commands. I've tried it for voice replies. Um, It's weird hearing the spoken answer back on the watch speaker as opposed to like the phone speaker or my earbuds. But I will accept it because I want to hear the answer to the question that I've given. So it's been nice. I don't know what about this has taken like eight months, but I'm very happy that it's here. Google put out a blog last week that went into how Assistant is able to identify things and be more natural about context. And obviously that applies to when you're doing it on a watch as well as if you're doing it on a phone, tablet, or Chromebook. But that was a very interesting read if you haven't caught that on our website quite yet. But yeah, I've just been so over the moon for uh, Assistant on this watch. It was the last feature that I was waiting for. Because I've worn a lot of Android Wear watches. I have worn like four or five different Tick watches. I've worn Fossil. Most of them are fine for what they are, but they're inevitably going to be slow with apps. And Assistant only worked like half the time. Assistant worked a little more than half the time when I was on the Fossil, which was nice. But for most of the time, Assistant is just kind of like an afterthought in every sense of the word. And not only were they slow, but they all were also pretty generic, too. Yeah for the most part, and that's where our next story comes into play. <laughs> the Watch 4 has all the features now. It needs to be a little bit faster at times, but uh, in order for Samsung to stay relevant with watches and watch software and watch features, it needs to keep updating them. So we're actually going to get a One UI beta program for the Galaxy Watch 4. I'm hopeful that this is so that way things can be tested on the Watch 4 before the five debuts and then features from that eventually get backported. I hope. I'm still also not quite sure how to feel about this because, yeah, well, put beta software on a phone and you might have a secondary phone sitting around for if it breaks. If you put beta software on a watch, which if you opt into the beta, you can't opt out until the next stable release of the software. And if you opt out after one beta cycle, you can't opt back in. So if you go into the beta, you are stuck there unless you want to get out permanently. And if you want to get out permanently, you're going to have to wait until the next stable software release. And I think the need is here because this is a crucial development phase for Wear OS as we move 3.1 into the future. 
uh, and even for Samsung with their own skins and you know, different utilities going on there. But the costs, the, the compromises, the practicality of all this is not there. And I, that's just very unfortunate, I feel. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am super tempted by this, but I also only have one Galaxy Watch 4. I'm not going to pick up another if beta comes and breaks something dramatically. I run beta on my Pixel 6. If it re- well and truly messes up, I just go back to my, uh, I either go back to the Pixel 5a or I go back to the S22 Ultra that I really should probably send back. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tim. But uh, yeah, for a watch... A, your watch is something that even though it is a superfluous function, it tells you the time, everything that it does, your phone should be able to do. But at the same time, if your watch messes up, that is a level of frustration you straight up do not need in your life, especially right now when everything everywhere is just anxiety. So I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this. We don't even know if it's coming to the US yet or if it is coming this cycle or if they're going to wait further down the road. Right now, the One UI watch beta is launching in South Korea. That is going to be the first market for it, which makes sense. That's where the initial test market is for beta on literally everything else, because that's where Samsung is based. So I don't know. I'm Part of me is really super tempted, and the rest of me is like, no, no. Uh, the hardware is there, but you don't want to mess with software on something that is already not super powerful. Well, do you think the standard of what a beta should be should be higher as opposed to, okay, you expect certain, I guess, more advanced level features to break as opposed to like the base functionality of things, even though we're talking about a subset of a subset that's self-volunteering, there is that factor right there. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I wish that similar to how we have app betas on regular Android, I really want to see more app betas for Wear OS, especially for things like YouTube Music and Google Assistant and Google Fit or Fitbit or Health Connector, all of that stuff that's going to be coming later this year. The Google Home app, I wish that was a beta app so we can test it because Pixel Watch owners deserve to have it first, but everybody deserves to have it work properly. Yeah. And... Part of the reason that it has taken so long to get Wear OS apps out the door is there's a limited potential for testing these, or especially if you're not going to use an outside user base. And it goes to show how much I know about this, but I'm wondering how much these new sensors uh, we're getting into, these O2s and uh, pressure and all these other biometrics, like I'm wondering how much of that is device-specific firmware as opposed to Wear OS not being prepared. Well, all of the like that. sensor data, all of that should tie into Health Connect eventually, which is part, which I think is a huge part of why the Watch 4 is getting a One UI beta in the first place, because Health Connect needs to be added to the Galaxy Watch 4. And that is totally. going to be an uh, that is going to change how the f- system itself functions right now. I believe, especially in regard to health data, because I mean, if you try any third party watch faces, half the time the heart rate and the steps don't actually match up because they are uh, they don't instantly update through the APIs that Google Fit and other that third party apps have access to. Those don't automatically. There, there update. are certain reasons for that in terms of. 
uh, how things average out. And I mean, my intention was really more technical. I'm talking about hardware abstraction layers, whether or not Samsung has to keep, you know, develop its own for its own, uh, watches or if, uh, at some point we're able to standardize, make it more plug and play across, uh, the Wear OS ecosystem is what I'm talking about. Well, I think Health Connect solves a lot of those issues because the watch manufacturer should, in theory, be able to, okay, we have the watch, it'll interface with our health app, and it'll interface with Health Connect, and through those APIs, everything else has access to the same sensor data at the same time. That sounds pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to the future. I also wanted to throw in a mention of uh, a feature that uh, I published where uh, I talked with uh, the developer of Bubble Clouds. He's been with the ecosystem for nearly all of its time, eight years, and uh, he has some insight onto uh, what the app development side of things has been developing, I guess you could say. So we'll throw that in the show notes as well. Do you want to touch quickly on the last couple of things you got there? Yeah. The one thing I hate about my Galaxy Watch, and I will say that this is a thing I hate, not just that I dislike, is that the Galaxy Watch charger uses USB-A instead of USB-C, which means that you can't plug it into the same charger that you would use for your phone, for your tablet, for your laptop, for any of that. USB-C power delivery is a nice, wide open standard. It can be used for anything from your wireless earbuds all the way up to ridiculously power heavy laptops and power stations. And through extended power range, it's going to be able to power even more powerful devices. But for the Galaxy Watch, it's using the same charger that it has literally used since I think uh, either 2017 or 2019. And I know this because I'm still using my Galaxy Watch, my Galaxy, or not even, my Samsung um, Watch Active 2 charger. I'm using that with my Galaxy Watch 4 right now, which is not great because that means that we're still having the same old charger with the same old rate. Pixel Watch is going to be changing that because the Pixel Watch charger is going to be USB-C the same way that the Apple Watch is USB-C. And thank goodness for that, because even though this doesn't necessarily mean the Pixel Watch will charge super duper fast, we hope it will, it at least means that you're going to be able to use a much wider variety of chargers that are likely already in your home. And you're not going to have to go dig out something with a USB-A port to charge your watch the way that i do well that's good i mean it's 2022 yeah yeah USB-A peripherals are still tolerated at this point as at least nothing with micro usb is going to be tolerated anymore at least from me or most anybody else on the on the site but uh <laughs> USB-A we have to put up with for a little bit longer considering that my laptop from 2019 is just all you full usb ports uh i'm going to need a little time on that well, I mean, if you bought a laptop in 2019 that was just USB-A ports and no USB-C, that was on you. Well, it was a thousand bucks and it had a pretty decent graphics card in it. So, hey, I'm not going <laughs> to complain. <laughs> I mean, Chromebooks have been using USB-C for, God, since 2017? 2016? Yeah, I think 2017. But as soon as Chrome OS has the video editor <laughs> yeah, was, that I use, the graph. As long as they, uh, as, as soon as they fit in, I mean, a they're working card. on one. There's one of them that they are working with the company on, and it's some award-winning editor from Mac and iPad and Windows. And I'm just blanking on the name right now. 
But anyways, <laughs> anywho, we were getting off topic. There is one final watch accessory thing that I want to mention before I shut up, although it also relates to Pixel cases. Um, whenever we were teased the Pixel watch and it was shown off with all the Pixel 7 stuff, we saw all of these light colored, like that neon green lemongrass, whatever it was, color. But these were all mostly light colors for the watch bands. And if they're anything like the light colored cases that we have had from Pixel phones over the last year and a half, they're going to be terrible. Because the Pixel 6 case, I understand that a lot of people just love it because it's a Google case. That case does not deserve the love that it gets. And I have hated it from the day that I put it on. You can see. Uh, I get overruled, but it's just, yeah, it's. It's slim. It is frosted material that they have. Like, if you're going to put a matte, like, frosted finish on a clear case, it damn well better be grippy. And this one isn't. So, no surprise, a lot of people who bought a Pixel 6 case, like, six months ago are realizing, oh, hey, there's tons of oil and crap built up on this case, and this case is not really protecting my phone because I just took it off and realized there are micro scratches and micro cracks across this back glass everywhere. They need to uh, get back to the fabric cases. I think we can all agree on that you can't we can't go back to the fabric They're cases so, good, so long though. we are in a pandemic oh i mean fabric cases just hide everything like here's the thing the fabric cases were not any cleaner and were not I, any more hygienic no than i the don't cases that we have now yeah i don't they think just they are hid it better no i that's not my point my point is that i liked holding on to the fabric case i wasn't comfortable in my hand I like. Them. I mean, I I, I will admit unique. they feel comfortable. Are we not concerned about fomite transmission? I am on not something that we're holding for like all this time. I know my phone is gross. That's tap pay, <laughs> like I, but it's not I really pick it tap. up and I know that you know. Yeah, it's like we 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 see all these studies about you know fecal matter flying you know aerosolizing just as much as coronavirus. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, it's. You know, you do the protections that you need to, uh, you know, if you have to make sure that you're wearing a mask, you're doing a prophylactic measures, like, do it. Mm-hmm. But and I wash think your hands. when it comes to accessorizing your phone, I don't know. Like, I've seen Spoken those. like somebody who literally has pockets that are big enough to hold his phone on literally everything he wears. <laughs> you have obviously never had to hold a phone or set it down on the surface everywhere you go during the day. Exactly. That's very fair. And also, that's why these fast fashion people don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Google's been in love with pastel colors even before the Pixel 6 series and Material U, but... Pastel colors are atrocious for accessories for a lot of reasons, but mostly because they don't last long. They do not wear gracefully over time the way something with a very bold color or a very dark color does. This is why the majority of the cases are in the industry are black, and I, I hate black, but the black doesn't show the discoloration or the oils. That's the yeah. only Pixel 6 case color that people are not complaining about is the people who got the smoke black or gray or whatever it was. Because those people aren't noticing as much of the discoloration because it blends in with the color. Right. But for the Pixel Watch, we're seeing all of these light colored bands that were in all the promo materials. And those are going to suck the exact same way that all of these cases have. So I'm I'm not looking forward to seeing that this fall. Yeah, the, I'm wearing a black watch band right now and even then it's covered in like like if you shine light it's on covered it, in dead skin well i mean not even that it's covered and... in yeah it's covered in oil because i wore it to the gym and it's covered in uh paint specs because i wore it while i was painting my house a month ago and it's covered in scuffs and like scratches from just hitting the wall or whatever while i'm not paying attention to what i'm doing and like a lot of that is hidden 
by the fact that it's black and you have to like really shine it in light. And so like once you switch to like these brighter colors, like it's going to show everything. I can't wait for the day where I can just put my phone in a pot of boiling water and then tie dye it. That's I mean, that's my solution. The the phone or the case? Because, bro. Oh, I'm talking. If I could tie dye myself, I'd do it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh. enough of that image. Let's talk about <laughs> what uh, what we have to see on TV, on Google TV. How about that? Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about long-awaited Google features that are finally arriving, you have Assistant on, on the Galaxy Watch, and now we have multi-user profiles on Google TV sort of kind of rolling out. I don't think anyone on this call has them yet. Um, at least one of our commenters has them, though, so that's lucky for them, but... Uh, I don't even remember specifically when they started talking about profiles. It might have been as far back as when they launched Google TV in the fall of 2020. I know they officially announced them in October of last year. They were like, end of 2021, you will have profiles on your Google TV, whether it's built into the TV itself, like the Sony or, or the TCL TVs, which we'll get to, or if it's like a Chromecast. And two months later, in like the middle of December, they were like, just kidding. We're actually going to ship them sometime in 2022. Sorry. And like, that was it. That was the last thing we heard. Alongside that, they had announced personalized screensavers. Those actually started uh, rolling out like two weeks ago, like right around IO. And no word of profiles at IO, no word of profiles with the screensavers, which were designed to be used with profiles to show like personalized information. Um, nothing. Finally, we, this week, Google has basically said that they are starting to roll out over the coming weeks, um, which is such a funny, such a Google way of doing this where they're it, it's delayed for months and they're still like, it's you'll get it. It's, it's, it's a troll out. It's <laughs> it it's sucks. A troll it, I'm really nice. tired of, of this. Uh, I, I, I think it's like maybe the most frustrating thing about Google is it, it's not just a Google TV thing. It's it's. They do this a lot and, and it becomes frustrating where you you know about this feature years sometimes in advance before you eventually get it. And it's frustrating and it makes it harder to consider, you know, buying a Google TV gadget because they have all these OS upgrades that they want to do. And it's unclear when you as a user will actually get to try it. To that point, I haven't tried it yet. I, I have no idea that they look like they work exactly how they were supposed to or how they were announced in, in October. But so far, uh, they are not on any of my devices. I will say I understand why they do staged rollouts. And that is so that way they roll it out to a smaller number of people first. If those people notice problems, then they stop the rollout and they can fix things for everybody. Sure. Google does enough testing at this point, And more importantly, Give the feature to some people early rather yeah. than having a staged rollout start the day you announce. Like, yes. have a feature start trickling out, like, a couple of days or a week before. And then when you actually have your announcement, have it be that this is the final, okay, we've right. been through the early release. Now it becomes available for everyone else. Yep. And also make it a little easier to, if you're willing to maybe suffer through bugs to try something, you should yeah, be able volunteer. to do that. Yeah, exactly. I'll be test group one. I'll be Absolutely. I'll be part of an any initial rollout. Give it to me. Yep, exactly. And instead, you're stuck waiting. And and in this case, again, it's weeks. You you might not get it until July at this point. Like that's possible, which is ridiculous. So two themes developing here. We have things that 
come out long after they've been announced. And also the self-selection for betas and how they should be distributed. <laughs> right. Man. Yeah. I didn't think we'd be building on so many Legos today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I guess, the other thing I wanted to talk about this week. Speaking of Google TV in general, is that I reviewed TCL 6 series TV. I reviewed the 55-inch model. Um, it also comes in 65 and 75-inch models. And I actually really like it. Um, some, some that looks software. pretty good for 1000 bucks. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's $700 for the 55-inch model at Best Buy right now. Okay. And, like, honestly, like... I'm not sure it's I bought God, I guess this was the end of 2020, like Black Friday 2020. I bought like a $600 Vizio. I don't know how much it was full price. It was $600 on sale Vizio TV. And at the time, it was a decent upgrade from what I was using. This blows that out of the water and it's not that much more expensive. Even at its like MSRP of a grand, it's actually pretty good. It has pretty much everything you would want out of it. Especially with a price like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. uh, But with a price like that, uh, and knowing that it comes from TCL, I would presume the TV specs themselves, as in like the display and the ports Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, input output, like those things, they'll, they'll get that down. But when you come to that price as well, you're also talking about a compromise perhaps in performance and what they put in for a chip in there is always going to be a little questionable. So I'm wondering uh, what your take is on that. Right. So very quickly, I'll say the display is great. It looks great. If you have any interest in gaming, it has two HDMI 2.1 ports. So you are set. You can plug in an Xbox Series X and a PS5 if you somehow happen to own both and you can get 4K 120 hertz gaming without having to switch. It's great. I've had no issues hardware wise, really in terms of like the display or anything like that. Software wise, it's not terrible. This is TCL's first Google TV set, which you might remember was initially they talked pulled. about that last year. I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was pulled from Best Buy shelves in December for like two or three weeks yeah, um, because right. of software issues. I have actually had a fairly okay experience. Google TV feels at least as smooth as it does on my Chromecast, which is to say, like, it's not perfect, but it's solid. I wish apps stayed open longer because you will literally hit home. You're in HBO Max. You hit the home button and then you hit the HBO Max icon again and it has to reload immediately, even though you were in it two seconds ago which is oh, oh good uh, so they put in 512 megs of RAM in there <laughs> it's so crazy because the last thing i reviewed was was amazon's um god i'm gonna get this wrong fire tv stick 4k max and yeah but like one of my favorite things about that is you could bounce between four apps and not have any of them reload you could bounce out of netflix into hulu back into netflix it was still there then you'd go to hbo go back to Hulu, they're all still there, which is great. That's how these should be working at this point, which is like, that's how like any smart TV device should work at this point, which is like a phone, basically. You can jump back and forth as you're browsing endlessly through the like 17 streaming services that I keep forgetting to cancel. That the NVIDIA Shield TV 2015 has this, but both TVs and streaming devices from 2021, 2022 do not is laughable. Like, that's the yeah. one thing that makes me want to dig out my Shield TV and update it, which I've barely used my Shield TV since I got the Chromecast because I just love the Chromecast and its remote and it actually has a system that works. 
But I miss having a recents button on the Chromecast TV because the fact that we cannot get the recents menu on these devices is a testament to how much they cut corners on hardware. Well, and especially in terms of like where we are in a media landscape where you're not even hooking up a cable box to this. You really are just bouncing between these apps. And it's insane that I have to wait through the HBO splash screen and then select my profile every single time. Well, it is a pretty bold splash screen. <laughs> you, got, you got those purples and blues in there, huh? <laughs> but aside from that, Google TV works fine on this. It's not my favorite TV interface, but it's it's not. I, I don't know if I have a favorite one. I, I think they're all okay for the most part. Um, I will say that I had some issues while I was reviewing it, and I did not mention this in my review, that I was having like random Wi-Fi dropouts. TCL pushed an update to my device, to my TV, and it seemed to fix it. And so I was like, okay, they were like, we just released this. It's rolling out to everyone now. We'll like bump your TV's priority, basically, I think is what they did. And so it was like manually pushed to my set. It, that should be wide at this point on, on everyone's. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I didn't get any more after that update. And then last night I had like three or four different Wi-Fi dropouts. So it's just long enough to stop playback. And in a couple cases, I was only watching HBO Max last night. and it. I think it's only happened in the HBO app and that app is so bad that I get worried it's on the HBO side. But also, like, I don't know, like it does. I do get the Google TV UI popping up and saying Wi-Fi connection loss. So I do think it is a a software thing on Google and TCL's part. I think that HBO Max doesn't cache quite as much ahead as other apps do. Like, HBO Max, if literally anything goes wrong for any length of time, it's going mm. to stop your oh, streaming for experience. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, the app is better than it was six months ago. It's still yes. easily one of the worst ones on Google TV. Yep. Best streaming library, worst app, probably. Like, for sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, Hulu and Netflix, I'll see momentary issues with uh, Wi-Fi. Whenever I have Wi-Fi dropouts, I use Ethernet to avoid this, but Spectrum is Spectrum. So. It's not my internet, though. I was streaming Steam to my phone last night and, and when the dropout <laughs> happened, and I didn't have... So it's not my internet. It is the TV itself. Because otherwise, I would have lost connection on my phone as well. Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, for me, it is a actual, like... My internet is the issue. But yeah, for HBO Max and Crunchyroll, those are the two that I will instantly tell if anything is wrong with the internet in my neighborhood. Yeah. Because they will halt immediately. Well, remember, if you do decide to switch away from uh, Spectrum, just so you know, you'll be losing News 13. That's pretty important. <laughs> oh, man. I am getting so many Spectrum letters because I'm no longer a Spectrum customer in, in, in my new address. And they're like yelling at They're like... But like you could get cable TV for like 50 bucks. And I'm like, that's super, man. I, I don't I don't know why I want I don't that. willingly pay for cable. It's included. Yeah. No, it's, right. It's, 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 in it's your... forced into my rent now, which yeah. is why I pay for it. Mm, but yeah. yeah, before when I was just an Internet subscriber and didn't have cable TV, I think I got two of them a week from Spectrum, which I just want to yell at them for the amount of paper that oh they my waste. god i know it's yep. please stop but yeah. at least they're I, still giving the post office business i guess <laughs> <laughs> now no, let me just avoid you from, by using google tv thanks <laughs> the 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 other big thing about this tv um that i should mention is that it because it's it's right on the box in big bold letters is that it includes hands-free assistant so it is built into the remote you have an assistant button on the remote that you can push and hold like any other remote it also has like a very, very small 
Nest Home Mini built into the TV itself. Like it, it even has the like fabric finish of that. So basically, you can say, "I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do. I got yelled at. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it." People yelled at me. I'm not going to do it. You can say OKG. You cannot say the actual trigger <laughs> phrase. Learn your shortcuts. You say the wake word, uh, either okay or hey, and in theory, you can then just say whatever. You don't have to hold the remote. It was pretty hit or miss for me, and it was more miss than hit. I I was able to like pull up apps. I was able to even start, like if I knew what service a show was on, I could be like wake word, play blank on Netflix, and it would play. The issue is that it... The microphone is uh, right next to the speaker that is playing whatever. So once you have something playing, it is much less likely to detect that you're saying anything because what it's mostly hearing is the whatever's playing on the TV, especially like it didn't. I tested both the like internal speakers and then hooked up a soundbar to it. It it didn't really matter either way. Um, Although the soundbar is right next to the speakers because or the, the microphone because of where it is just like in terms of the placement on the TV. It sounds like this TV would be prime for that Burger King ad that rolled around a few years ago where they they called out the, the hot word and then asked them to talk about Whoppers or something. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I have Hulu through Spotify, so I do have a an ad-supported Hulu plan. because um, That's fine. <laughs> and Google is currently really pushing the assistant hard in their ads right now. And it includes the wake word. Ooh. And it was triggering it every single time that ad popped up. Ooh. Didn't I retrained assistant on, on in the Google Home app? I think that's where you do it or assistant, whatever. I retrained it. Didn't matter. It would not only <laughs> if the stop playback. actually matter. Do you think, <laughs> you know, saying the old bay noodle and the, or like even <laughs> words that are not even close. I mean, you just set off everyone's speakers. Just well, even that. words that are not even like you know haymaker. Yeah. And then sometimes, like I, I said that once, and then it popped up. It it Why? happened a couple times. I would be talking with my girlfriend, and and uh, it would suddenly pop up, and I was like, I don't even know what I said. But yeah, it specifically with this ad, the issue. You know, it's one thing if something is playing and you pause it for two seconds. With this ad, the the assistant like overlay would pop up. And I would have to like exit out of it by hitting back. And, and that more takes often you out than of the not, episode. it took me out of the episode and I had to restart the ad break. See, this is why A, you don't use streaming services that have ads, and B, you mute the second an ad comes on. Like I've I've learned I learned no, this literally that, my no, freshman year much, of college. No. <laughs> I'm not no I'm not gonna sit there with a the remote in my hand and I don't I actually don't care that much about ads on Hulu. They're like pretty inoffensive to me to be honest. In fact, I kind of think if you're watching a sitcom, it's better with ads because the pacing is better. Dramas, I kind of disagree. I'm actually getting through the OC this time because I'm watching it on HBO and not Hulu. Uh, and that show benefits from no ads. But yeah, I don't mind ads on Hulu that much. I guess if I had the option to pay Spotify like two more dollars a month or whatever for an ad free version, I would. But I'm not going to go out of my way to to sign up for when I, when it's free with Spotify to sign up for another plan. What ended up happening was I there's a hardware switch on the TV that turns the mic off just like there is on a Nest Mini. And I I turned it off. That That was what ended up happening. I will say. I really don't know how the heck Google gets away with these ads that are going to trigger assistant on everything. Oh, that agreed. Just pro- that just proves yeah. a 
very big flaw in the product to anybody yeah. that already has one. And if Amazon can use certain frequencies or pitches or whatever, or heck, just even have a certain amount of music going over the sugar word. Yeah. And it keeps it from going off. Google can do this. They choose not to. Yep. I agree. But also I'm a big advocate for uh, muting commercials on any and all streaming <laughs> services because the volumes are always super duper high and protect your hearing people. I've actually seen people blow out speakers on TVs because the ads were so ridiculously loud compared to the actual content. I think they choose not to license that more polished technology from Amazon and they're mm. still trying to work on their own thing and it's not to their liking. But I would just say, well, give us what you have. It's like, you know, start us off somewhere. Can't be worse than this. Anyways, uh, any final thoughts? No, that's it, it's a good TV. I think it's seven hundred dollars. Obviously, it's more expensive if you're looking for a, a sixty-five inch or seventy-five inch set. But if all you need is fifty-five inches, like for seven hundred dollars, at that point, like I, I think this is pretty much as good as you're going to get for that price, unless you really want to jump up to like OLED, which would be what I would do if I was shopping for a new TV. But I'm insane, and I would I would be the person dropping you know twenty five hundred dollars on a big OLED you know tv so if that's not you this is like a great option for the price that it is it's an amazingly good bargain i'm hoping we actually see a little bit more of a sale on it and prime day coming up in like a month month and a half because that could make it even more of a excellent choice for people who want to upgrade their tv but don't maybe want to spend you know 2500 bucks on a tv because that number just made me shudder as somebody who has never paid for a tv in her life 600 bucks 650 that might sound even better yeah, if it drops yeah. that light, it's almost yeah. like a must-buy. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So, Jules, you were having some arguments yesterday in Slack over this, but uh, let's talk news and Google and local journalism. Yeah. So, I picked up the story yesterday. The tail end of it is Google put out a statement that was going after basically the British newspaper industry, which basically <laughs> commissioned their study it was basically it was one researcher who made a whole bunch of estimates on how much value these newspaper sites uh, or these news sites in general were giving to Google and Facebook from all the engagement and all the data that they drive over to them so the estimate i believe just from google alone is somewhere between 500 and 750 million pounds a year Google says, well, we don't make that much money off of uh, revenue, although they don't give specific figures, except to say that the the web traffic they generate has contributed 500 million pounds per year for UK publishers in terms of the ads and subscriptions that those sites are able to sell. So, I mean, kind of a stalemate going on here. Uh, depends on what numbers you believe in. Or and what numbers are being hidden away from us. But that conversation is just a little piece of what's been going on. The UK is considering something that Australia has already put into place last year, and that is putting in place a news media bargaining code. There was a lot of talk about this, especially in Australia, where the growing population over there countered with so much land, so much space, that the economics of rural journalism have made less and less sense, and there's just less money going into that. Also, special interests like renewable energy, if you're talking about stuff that would require grants 
to cover because there's just not that much commercial interest to support it. Well, that's what we're talking about. And so what Australia did last year, uh, they passed the news media bargaining code, which forces Facebook and Google to come to the table with all these publishers and set out uh, a commission based on how much traffic. Uh, it's really a black box in terms of uh, the number and like what metrics, what we, we get to see. And there are certain qualifications on what was uh, like what's termed as news. There was a whole stoush, as they would say, uh, conflict when Facebook, right before this uh, bill was go- it was going to be passed by uh, both houses there, that they decided to pull all news from their Australian users. But how that affected the actual uh, user base over there was that it wasn't just Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10, the ABC, the regular news sources, Sydney Morning Herald, all those newspapers. It wasn't just them that got pretty much all their posts taken down. It was governments, uh, local state governments, and uh, the national government, the federal government. Uh, It was hospitals. It was public service outlets. It was all these places because Facebook took the widest possible interpretation of news and told Australians, this is what you have to look forward to if we uh, have to deal with this bill. We make billions of dollars every year, and we're going to not give that back to uh, news organizations who are not only bleeding money, but can't even cover what they're already meant to be covering. But that scare tactic ended up not really going anywhere, and so we have the news bargaining code in effect. But I'm looking at a list here provided by The Guardian on which Meta and Google have made deals with. So you have all the big outlets, ABC, Nine Entertainment, uh, Seven West. You have some of the outlets that cover rural Australia, including Country Press, uh, some of the smaller uh, boutique outlets, uh, Junkie, Mamma Mia. But you still don't have a lot of independent outlets of outlets where the gaps are not being filled and where the gaps are still not being filled. And in fact, there there's even ground to be lost. I think in the last year, channel seven closed down its uh, Rockhampton, uh, or at least wasn't providing full service newscasts to the Rockhampton region of uh, Queensland. And uh, it's not boding well. Wind Corporation, who serves uh, lots of regional uh, Australia and uh, Southern Cross, are also uh, retrenching uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, there's just uh, there's a lot of these uh, organizations that are not being served and we're still not talking about them. And I worry. I mean, I think that overall, this is a good thing for news to not have to just Mm -hmm rely solely on the traditional sources of readers and advertising because there's a lot of engagement that happens per Google, per Facebook, and there's little click-through to be had from that. We all know this uh, if we've worked in the media, that the pass-through effects of just sharing a headline without sharing the actual content and uh, gaining context uh, you know, do you want to read this article before retweeting? <laughs> Thank God for Twitter. <laughs> the one thing that they've done right there, at least. 
But uh, yeah, this is uh, an issue that is slowly making its way around the world. Google News Showcase is one of the ways that Google has tried to get ahead of this, where they say that they've invested a billion dollars with a whole bunch of traditional news outlets to subsidize, make access free to uh, longer posts, original reporting and whatnot. It's not available in America, but Canada, Europe, uh, a whole bunch of, uh, I think, Latin America, as well as Australia. A billion dollars is uh, nothing to be scoffed at, but again, it's targeted towards big mastheads. And again, I'm kind of still worried that uh, uh, we're not getting fuller stories from a diverse set of uh, sources. Yeah, no, I understand that everybody wants to make money. And a lot of times these are for-profit businesses. We are part of a for-profit business. But I also understand that... There are certain things that regular enterprise just can't make work. Like local journalism is so expensive, it should not work, which is why it has been slowly dying over the last two or three decades, especially in the age of digital journalism, where everybody just looks online for everything instead of actually investigating whether or not any uh, whatever is being said in press releases in your own backyard is actually what's happening. Pretty much. And we need local journalism because local journalism helps expose local corruption, local goings on. They help protect people. They warn people, oh, hey, this landlord has been doing these scuzzy things or, hey, this official was taking kickbacks. We need local journalism. And the fact that we haven't had as many solutions for smaller outlets as we've had for Gannett and all of those other big, horrible organizations that have just been... Gannett and Tegna. Systemat- <laughs> yeah. And who, sorry, who owns USA Today at, these, it, at this it's point? It's Gannett and the, the, what is it, the, uh, one of those crappy uh, newspaper organizations that bleed the operation dry. Uh, I forget mm. what they're called. Crossroads or I've, media something. Something like that. But yeah, all of big media organizations tend to syndicate and have fewer journalists. And that's not good for anybody. But at the same time, it's hard to incentivize people to pay for journalism because paying for a physical newspaper, most of that money actually goes into ma- the physical newspaper instead of actual journalism. Getting people to pay for a digital subscription whenever most articles are free And ad revenue, it's hard for local smaller outlets to get ad rates for their content and actually make enough ad revenue in order to keep the lights on. Yeah, I have a friend who's running a local northern Worcester County area blog, and that's been tough going. She's on her own and doing one-on-one interviews with, uh, and, you know, a lot of these, you know, break ground. Uh, there was a community radio station over there that uh, there are accusations of mismanagement, of threats to staff, and uh, she was talking about it and reporting on it on her blog. But the stuff that gets the clicks, too, is uh, is also just not that kind of stuff. It's also more, uh, she's had more sexual education content over there. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. it's a eclectic mix <laughs> if uh, if I do say so myself. But well, and covering any of that content also hurts you for advertisers. A lot of advertisers do not want to be anywhere near journalism or any content that is even tangentially related to sex. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know chasing the dragon. Any- that is the algorithm. It's a very complicated issue, and it's one that we are obviously very passionate about. But probably a lot of you are not quite as passionate about us. But please. Learn how you can support local journalism. You need local journalism, trust me. And please support local industry. 
Support local journalists because you never know when you might need one. And if you hear about the fight of between, you know, Google and Facebook and the government on, you know, supporting media. Yes. Well, I mean, it might be coming. We'll see. I think it might be more about Section 230 than anything else. But yeah, sorry. That's a whole other kettle of beans. And we are going to get to that a different day. But for now, we are going to wrap up and let you get back to something hopefully that brings you joy. I hope that you can find something that brings you joy this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's very hard to find joy right now for me, even though I was a very, very happy girl yesterday and this morning because I finally found an office chair. I've spent three. I've spent three and a half years looking for a good chair for my standing desk, and I finally brought one home yesterday. And it oh, is the people heavy. will know all about that. That's going to be in the. That's the intro. <laughs> yeah, um, take a few minutes, please. Get off of social media for ten or fifteen minutes, because the more I look, the the more my blood boils, and then I can't do anything else. Spark some joy and try to make the world a better place out there. We will catch you next week. Next week, Vader should be back with us. I hope. Hey! He can rein all of us in on our insanity because we definitely went long this week because we are a trio of nerds. Um, You can find me at Arawagco. You can find Jules at... Point Jules. Point Jules. And Will, yours is just your name, correct? Will underscore Saddleberg on Twitter. Alrighty, and you can find us all at Android Police, and we will see y'all next week. Um, bye. 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 <laughs> bye. Okay.